There's only one one. See, our very language is messed up. I'm looking for the one, meaning that this is the person who's going to bring me fulfillment and joy and love and happiness and peace and just going to set my I'm looking for the one. And you'll never find the one because there is only one. That, that's why God said, I shall have no other one before me. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today is actually part six of the series entitled Resurrection Power. The ability to bring some dead things back into your life, the knowledge to understand those things which need to die or stay dead and A few weeks ago, God spoke to me. He said, the three things that have died most in my people are dreams, hope, and plans. And he told me to explain the difference between those three. And last week's message, it dealt with dreams. And today I'm going to deal with hope. And hope, basically, by the dictionary definition, it is a wish or desire accompanied by confident expectation of its fulfillment. And we're going to be studying today primarily from the book of First Peter in the New Testament, First Peter, and we'll be dealing with just some verses of what Peter talked about, just dealing with some of the hope. And, and about 30 years after the death of Jesus is when this book was primarily written. And Peter was talking to basically the Christians of Asia Minor. And they had a lot of the problems then that we face today. First Peter, second chapter, the 18th verse, it says, Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Now, we don't have slavery today in this country, but in many practical ways, we're still slaves. You get up and you go to work, not just because you want to get up and go to work. You get up and you go to work for a boss or for a master because if you don't, you cannot pay the minimum amount on your master card. So even though we are not slaves, we have masters in this world just the same as they did back then for the vast majority of us. And they said whether you go to work for a good, considerate, kind boss, or whether your boss is rough and harsh and mean and inconsiderate. It says still, regardless, it says with all respect. Do you know they had problems on the job way back then? No, no, no real difference. First Peter 3, 1 says, wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. They had relationship issues back then. It said, wives, even if you have a man who is an unbeliever, who is a heathen, who is an infidel, says win him over by showing him how Christ-like you are. Now, that won't go over well in marriage counseling today. I'll just tell you that right off the bat. 
Now, this is Peter. This is the Bible. I, I can just tell you from the marriage counseling that I have done, that won't go over with a hoot telling either the man or the woman. Say, look, 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 man. I, I know that I know that this this rascal, he's I know he's dogging you out. I know he's standing out. I, I know he's unfaithful. I know he's he's not a believer. I know he's all this stuff. But but what I want you to do, I want you to just show him the love of Jesus. Show him how even when you are persecuted, even when you are done wrong, just show him how cook him his favorite meals every day. When he gets home, get up to him and give him a big hug and a kiss and, and tell him, baby, how much you love him and how glad you are to see him, even though he is coming in a little, even though you might see a little lipstick on his collar. Go up and hug your, you know, that, that, that just won't go over. So even then, they were faced with a spouse who was unequally yoked and who was an unbeliever and who wasn't acting right. And, and here Peter's telling them, look, just show them, win them over by showing them that the problem with that technique is that you cannot do that in a day. You have to show them the love of Christ. Not just, So you can't just do it by showing them the love of Christ on Sunday. You got to show them the love of Christ Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And the problem is, you got to start over next week. And then the problem beyond that is, you have to start over next month. And the problem beyond that is, you have to start over next year. See, see, usually you can't win someone over by showing them the love of Christ for just a season. They have to truly believe and know that this is a lifestyle. See, sometimes, sometimes you're dealing with counseling or you're dealing with couples or sometimes you're dealing with your own relationships and you'll hear the person say, look, I know you done changed, but I don't believe it's real. I'm just going to wait and see if this thing going to hold up. If it's going to really, if you really mean what you say. So, so even if you did, you, you got to do this for a long time. And this is, this was back 2,000 years ago, so they had all of the issues that we have today. They, they still had issues. They had persecution and respect issues. First Peter chapter 4, 12 verse, Beloved, I think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Here, Peter is telling, look, look, I know you under, I know you're going through the fire. But when all of this happens, just rejoice. And, and it is an opportunity for you to show the love of Christ unto the world. When things go wrong and all this persecution comes against you and you're done wrong, show them that the glory of God rested upon you. And, and see, the problem oftentimes and why God said that his hope has died in, in so many people, it, it's because when the fiery trials come, it can burn hope out of us. I, I had a man recently tell me, he said, look, can, can you just give me a prophetic word just to keep hope alive? Have you ever been in a situation where you just needed a word just to keep 
hope alive. It, it was one of the slogans of Jesse Jackson. He had to keep hope alive. Sometimes the, the fiery trials can get so rough that the hope starts to die. You all understand? The hope starts to die. That, that, that really what you can see and, and what you can believe for because it's so rough. You just need a word. If, if somebody can just tell you, look, in, in, in six months, you're going to have a turnaround. If you just had that, if you just knew that in six months, stuff was going to be better. But, but sometimes when hope dies, not only do you not think it's going to be better in six months, you think it's going to be worse in six months. Our hope has died. And how do we get it back alive? How do we resurrect it? How do we bring back hope in our lives? And as I was sitting at my desk this morning, God spoke a real heavy word to me. And this is what he said. He said, everything that most of my people have true hope in is either dead or dying. And when he spoke that to me, it just shook me. He said, everything that most of my people have true hope in. I'm not not talking about what you talk about. I'm talking about your true hope. He said, everything that most of my people have true hope in is either dead or dying. You know, we have some hope in those dead presidents. Every dead president or our for those of you who are listening and you're not in the United States, all of our money, all of our currency, our paper money has a picture of a dead president on it. And every dead president has written in it, in God we trust. And sometimes, you know, in in the old days, the Jews were required to write his laws, put it inside of little scroll and put it right on their head so that it banged against their forehead as they walked during the day. Now we've got something similar because none of us will go anywhere without some of those dead presidents, as many of them as we can get. And on the dead presidents, every time we take it out, It has on it in God we trust. But just as is the children of Israel in the old days, even with the law banging aside, they they still ignored it. They still got away from it. And God says, most of my people, what they have their true hope in is dead or dying. And we don't understand that until we 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 get the thing and, and all of the stuff that we really hoping for is dead or dying. We hoping for a car that's dead. We, we hoping for a house that, 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 that's dead. We, we hoping for money that, that's dead. A lot of the stuff that we really are hoping for is dead or dying, even the one. And some of you who are single, you, you're, you're hoping and praying for the one and they're dying. And we don't understand that everything that most of the children of God are hoping for is dead or dying. And we've got our hopes all in the wrong place. When you're hoping for the one, first of all, I'm going to tell you, you're never going to get them. So, Pastor, what were you? You, You're never going to get the one. First of all, you're hoping for the wrong thing. And you know, and that's what we call it. I'm looking for the one. The problem is the one can never be the one because it's the wrong one. See, there's only one one. There's only one one. See, our, our very language is messed up. I'm looking for the one, meaning that this is the person who's going to bring me fulfillment and joy and love and happiness and peace and just going to set my I'm looking for the one. 
and you'll never find the one because there is only one. That, that's why God says, Thou shalt have, no have no other one before me. And, and so, so you have to, if that's what you're hoping for, and sometimes when we are single, that's our main hope. If I can just find the one, no, you need to change that. You need to look for the two. Because you have replaced what you are hoping for with something that is dead or dying. And then you get the one that you think is the one and you find out that you have missed the main one. And when you get the one that you thought was the one, you can't make it with the one because you don't have the one. So, so, and everything starts to mess up because you have focused and all your hope was on stuff that's dead or dying. You, you think, well, but Pastor, if I can ever just get this promotion on this job, if I can ever just get this account, if I can ever get this, this kind of money, and you, why do you think Beverly Hills has the highest per capita of psychiatrists anywhere in the world? They got all the money, all the mansions, all, a, a dozen cars out there, all of the glamour and all of the beauty. Why do you think the drug abuse and the psychiatry council is highest in Beverly Hills and anywhere on the face of the planet? Because their hope is all in stuff that's dead or dying. And when your hope is in that, that that's why I understand. That's why he said, my people, that, that the stuff that's dead is their hope. Because your hope is in dead stuff. And, and it's not that we don't need dead stuff. But we don't need our main focus of our hope in dead stuff. You got to put your stuff and you have to put your hope. You have to put your focus on stuff that's not dead and stuff that's not dying. First Peter 1 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The King James Version says lively hope, but but, but what is what is living hope? Living hope is something based on, on something that is living. And living hope is something that changes the way that you live. And we don't have living hope. We've got hope in all of this dead stuff. And God wants us to start putting our hope in things that are that are eternal. And sometimes these types of things, they don't make sense to us because, first of all, it's not in line with the rest of the world, but it never was supposed to be. And if you focus your life and put your hope in something that's guaranteed. See, my eternal soul, as long as I believe right and confess right and do right, my, my eternal soul, I've got hope in stuff that's eternal. The Bible talks about how fleeting, how, how fast this world is passing us by, how, how, how it's going. Second Corinthians 4.12, it begins, it says, So we live in the face of death. But it has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God and so I speak. We know that the same God who raised our Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself along with you. All of these things are for your benefit. And as God's grace brings more and more people to Christ, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. 
Are your spirits being renewed every day? Do you really have hope in the future? And the future, if you look at it logically, can be bleak sometimes. The economy of this country is in a wreck. And when you study the statistics closely, it's getting worse. So if you put your faith in and hope in in all of the material things, you you look at it and you see it's getting worse. So, and not only that, as as I look in the mirror, the lines of age, they, they increase. I mean, my skin is still relatively smooth, but year by year, it changes. As, as I look at my hair, I, I still have plenty of hair, but, but year by year, there's more gray that replaces the black. Year by year by year, the flesh is just dying. I, I try to keep this body in shape, but I, I can't put my hope in this. It's dying. There's just no two ways about it. I'm, I'm in real good condition, but it's dying. So if I put my hope in the stuff that I can see and, and, and feel and, and taste and smell, if I put my hope in that, I'm putting my hope in stuff that's dead or dying. And God says, look, you've got to put your hope. In things that are living and in things that are eternal. But you will never understand that with the carnal mind. The carnal mind will have you focused only on getting more and more and more of dead stuff. There's nothing wrong with dead stuff. You need dead stuff. But you don't need your full hope in dead stuff. And that's why the people become dead. Because their hope. Is in dead stuff. And when God spoke that to me, I, I began to I began to see and to understand it clear. Even in the church, most of our hope is in dead stuff. I mean, when you really, really, really analyze it, how much time do you spend every day thinking about those things which are eternal? How much time every day do you spend praising Jesus? How much time every day do you spend praying unto God? How much time do you spend every day helping people. How much time do you spend on the things eternal versus the things that are dying? First Peter, first chapter, 23rd verse says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But by the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And then Peter goes on to say in that next verse, Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. I'm trying today to get you to refocus your hope. And it's one thing I have learned. You generally don't have to Focus people on wanting more dead stuff. That, that's a natural thing of the flesh. That's why I, I once asked God, I said, Lord, why didn't, why didn't the Bible, the New Testament, say anything about the accumulation of money? Why didn't it tell you to get some money? Some cause you need. Why didn't, he, why didn't Jesus tell you that? And this is what God spoke to me. He said, if my son had mentioned one word about the accumulation of money, it would have been the most quoted verse in the Bible. 
I said, you're absolutely right. Folk would have had it on a business card, hanging up on the wall. When you, it would have been everywhere. On the car tag, it would have been everywhere. He said, if he'd have said one word about putting your hope and putting your focus on the accumulation of that dead stuff, it would have been the most quoted verse in the whole Bible. And I instantly saw that it was so. And God wants us to get some living hope. See, we got dead hope. But he wants us to get some living hope. Hope in some things that are eternal. And, and here Peter gives you a guideline. He said, he said, wherefore having laying aside all malice. That, that's, that's a kind of a, an evil intent and an evil doing towards and all guile. That's not being truthful and having a, a kind of an ulterior motive. All hypocrisies, not being really what you say you are. And all envies, not, you know, it would help us so much if we could just get rid of envy. So much of our hope is not based because we want it. It's based because we want it better than someone else. A lot of our stuff is like, it's not even based on what we want. We want to just, we want it because someone else has something and we want to get something better than what they have. And, and, and all envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Living, living hope and to be full of hope in living things. There's a difference even in eating living food and eating dead food. It changes the way that it nourishes your body. There's a difference in focusing on living stuff and dead stuff. Stop hoping on dead stuff, dead folk, dead things. And put your stuff on something living. Because if you focus on dead stuff, it's just going to kill you. That's just bottom line. Stop focusing on the dead. And that's what he's trying to tell you. Most of my people, their true hope is in stuff dead or dying. You're worried about something is just dead. And that's what you're hoping. And you put, but, but if you put your, your trust and your hope and your focus on the things of God, it will change your joy, first of all. And when your joy changes, it'll start changing your radiance. It'll be just like Peter said, he told the wives. But you can't change your husband if you were sour. He'll look at that and say, my goodness, if this is what Christianity is, I don't want any part of this. Some of us can't change the spouse because what the spouse sees, they want no part of. So, and it's, and it's not talking about what you're talking about, hallelujah, is how you live. So you come in fussing and complaining and you can't tell. No, they don't give a hoot by what you quote because they see the spirit radiating off of you. We have to put our hope in eternal things and not this stuff that's dying. And that's why God says, I got to resurrect some things in my people. They're too focused on dead stuff. Jesus says that he came to bring you life and life more abundantly. And he said, I am. the." So when you understand that, it will change what we're hoping for. And I just want everyone just to pause here for just a second. For those of you listening electronically, I'm I'm going off a of television right now. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. But go to airjesus.com. Listen to Sermon 5438 because I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I just want you to just bow your head and just close your eyes. And I want you to put in the forefront of your mind your biggest hope right now. I want you to just bring to the forefront of your mind your biggest hope right now. For some of you, that thing has popped up instantly. Some of you, I, I want a new car. I, I want a promotion on my job. I, I, I want a spouse. I, I, I want a relationship. I, I want this. I want that. I, I want respect. I want this, 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 this. some of you. 
it instantly pops in your head. What is your biggest hope? What's your biggest desire right now? Just picture that thing. Don't don't try to don't try to spiritualize it just because I'm asking about it. Now you know what it is. Don't try. Don't try. Don't don't. Oh well, Pastor, I'm really I'm hoping for the glory of God to come over my life. Right? No, you're not. No, you're not. Put put it put it real. What's what there? Real right in front of you right now. What it is? And I want to ask you to ask yourself: Is this thing living eternally, or is this thing destined to die? Is it temporal or is it eternal? And if it is temporary, and and I mean temporary could even be 50 years, but it's temporary in the eternal scope of things. I want you still with your eyes closed, still with that thing in front of you right now. I want you to just do like they do on some of the game shows where they'll have different stages set up and they'll have different curtains. I, I want you to just turn the stage. And I want you to place there the image of Jesus glowing in light, however you conceive him to look and however you think he is in your mind and spirit. I want you to put his image there and I want you to just for this moment focus on just Jesus. And when you place the image of Jesus, I don't know what he looks like to you, but I do know several things that he doesn't look like to you. First of all, he's not in a fancy car. When you place Jesus there in front of your mind, he's just standing there in a plain white robe. He doesn't even have any jewelry on. He doesn't have any gaiters or ostrich skins. He's standing there in sandals. And I didn't have to describe him. This is what you see in your mind's eye because this is what you know. But you can see the light coming from it and you can see that That he's not concerned with. He's not wrapped up in. He's not focused on any of this dead stuff. And it's this dead stuff. It dulls us. And it kills our spirit. Just like drugs. And I just want you to keep in your mind's eye. The example of hope. On eternal things. And not on the temporal. Open your eyes. And the thing that you saw. First. You're beginning to understand that that thing in the grand scheme of things is not really that important. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I I saw my business flourishing. You're going to leave that business and not too long from now. Time flies so fast. I'm 53 years old and I was just getting out of college. Looked like two weeks ago. Time flies. So that thing is not going to be as long as you think. It's, It's not as long as you think it is. But, 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 but Pastor, you, you don't understand. I, I, I saw, I, I'm single now, and I just see this real pretty woman. Did I read this, read this woman pretty, Pastor? <laughs> Let me tell you something about that. Beauty fades. And if the beauty doesn't fade, your ability to do something with the beauty fades. <laughs> do you understand what I mean? If the beauty doesn't fade, your ability to do something with the beauty fades. So all of the stuff is temporary that we have placed so much. And it's not that God does not desire you to have all of that, but he does not desire for your hope and your faith and your trust to be placed there. That's where the, not, not, not that you desire it, but that's where your hope is. And that's why the hope is dead among the people of God. Because they've got the hope all stuck in all of this 
temporal material stuff that is dying or already dead. So the thing that you replaced that materialistic image with, that is what needs to lead your life. Because stuff, do you all know that stuff just happens? Stuff just happens. And none of this material stuff is guaranteed. You can be flying. I've seen that in business. You, you, you're flying high one minute and six months later, the bottom is falling out of the thing. One minute you got so much, so much money pouring in, you don't know what to do with it. The next minute you can't pay the bills for this month. Stuff, stuff can just, stuff happens. I've I just seen it. One minute you're feeling like you can move Stone Mountain. The next minute you can't walk around Stone Mountain. I, I've seen stuff happen. All of this material stuff, it's fickled. One minute it looks like folk just love you to death. The other minute they're like they can't stand your guts. Stuff just happens. And it, and it will happen that way whenever you base your life on this temporary, changeable, mutable stuff. You got to put your stuff, you got to put your hope in something eternal. And my acronym for hope is, is highlighting only promises eternal. That's the real definition of hope. Highlighting only promises eternal. I'm, I'm just, I'm on, I had an experience this, this morning. On yesterday's Mountain Wings, I, I sent out an email and I was offering the 42 t-shirts at really below what they cost us. They were, it was called four for $20. So they could get four shirts for $20. And I told them I will ship these shirts to anybody in the U.S., and we would pay the shipping. They just and the twenty dollars doesn't even cover the cost of the shirts. Then you got the cost of the shipping. But I said I'm willing to lose money to help change some people's lives. And I told them I'd ship it anywhere in America for twenty dollars. But this morning the orders start coming in, but they started coming in from some other countries. And as I looked at some of the other countries, I said, My goodness, the the the, the shipping to send this stuff to the other country is going to be high. And I just checked one of them. The first one that came, it was from Finland. And I see now, how much does it cost to send four shirts over to Finland? It was $103. So I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, hold up here. <clears throat> I said, now, I don't know whether I'm going to send these shirts. If it's going to cost $103 to send four shirts over to Finland and they haven't sent but 20 I said, I don't know about this. So, but, but, but I knew, and I know what 42 does, and I, and I, I asked, I said, look, I, I just don't know about this. And God, God asked me one question. Didn't tell me what to do, but he asked me one question. And the question was this. He said, how much is a soul worth? I said, oh, my goodness. Sometimes God can ask you some questions. He said, how much is a soul worth? So, all these folk are going to send in these orders and they're going to come from Africa. They're going to come from China. They're going to come from India. They're going to come from all these places. And the shipping is going to be humongous. And I got to ask myself, how much is a soul worth? See, there's no value on a soul. Now, there's value on that shipping. <laughs> see, that's the ten, that hundred. It was one hundred and three dollars and twenty two cents. I can see that real clear. But the soul part and to pay for it. That's eternal thinking. The $103.22, that's temporal thinking. But most of us can never get past $103.22. That's a lot of money. And then it's going to be multiplied by I don't know how many folk. 
That's a lot of money. Most of us can never get past the dollar sign. And God asked me, how much is a soul worth? People, you are going to have to get to the soul level of some stuff. And when you get to the soul level, it's going to change your thinking about some things and it will change what you hope for. So God doesn't just want to bring hope alive. He wants to bring hope alive in the right things because we already got some hope for for a lot of the dead stuff. He wants to bring hope alive for the right things. So the question that I asked you about what is the number one thing that you are hoping for? And I hope you were able to change the stage and put some eternal stuff in the place of that temporal stuff. How much is your soul worth? See, that's the next question. Is your soul worth a job? Is it worth a house? Is it worth a car? Is it even worth a spouse? How much is your soul worth? How much is a soul worth? People, keep hope alive. But keep hope alive in the living stuff, in the living stuff, in the living stuff. God bless you. I'm going to ask our choir if they would sing this song that Ivan is playing, if you all don't mind. I think it is so appropriate to seal this message that we've heard today in our hearts. Everybody just close your eyes and I want you to just really listen to the words. Oh, oh, my hopes and my hope is filled on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare, I dare not trust the sweetest friend of holy lead on Jesus. On Christ, on Christ the solid rock I stand.
Amen, 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 amen. We appreciate that so much. This has been really a challenging message to challenge the very priorities of our hearts, our hope, to let us know that all this other stuff doesn't really matter because when you leave this earth, none of that stuff will matter. I was talking to someone not too long ago and they told me that they were having lunch with one of their nieces, a beautiful young lady. And they said about two weeks later, that niece was killed in a car accident. And he just shared to me how you never know when you will leave this place. Life is so fragile. You could be here one moment and gone the next. And if your hope is in temporary things, what a shame it'll be to step out into eternity and you will look back and wonder, why did I put so much time and effort and energy in things that really don't matter? So this message just challenges all of our hearts to live for Jesus, to put him first place in our lives, to do his will, to do his work while we have the opportunity. You are listening to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This was the sixth message in the Resurrection Power series by Nathaniel Bronner. This message was number 5438 and called Keep Hope Alive. That's 5438. To listen to the entire series, click series on airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.